Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our discussion on syncretism, avoiding syncretism, uh, part two. We started talking about this doctrine of syncretism on our last episode, and if I may just rewind a little bit what syncretism is. And syncretism involves the approach or desire to blend something that we find in our culture which is unholy, but yet try to blend it with righteousness. Let me say that again. It's an attempt by individuals or a group to reconcile holy with unholiness, to blend unrighteousness with righteousness. So there may be something in your culture that's a norm, and you've been doing it for as long as you can remember, Family members have been doing it. The culture have engaged in it. And you grew up in that environment. But once you found Christ, have you made a decision to continue doing whatever that is or to reject it so that you may grow closer to God? And it's my hope that this episode helps all of you, to become liberated. The reality is Satan likes to use the things that God hasn't approved to keep us in bondage. And I don't want to be in bondage. There shouldn't be any Christian that enjoys being in bondage, whether to the flesh or whether in the spiritual realm. Well, maybe you're listening to this show And you're saying to yourself, well, I'm not in bondage. I'm hoping that this episode causes you to do what James say, to go look in the mirror, which is God's word. And by looking in the mirror, allowing God to reveal to you how you really look. So that by the time you finish reading that passage or looking at that scripture, you are bold enough through faith to agree with God that, Lord, I need to work on this aspect of my life. I need your help in changing uh, this behavior. Lord, I want to be closer to you, and I know I can't get closer to you unless I start letting these things go. And as we continue this episode, we are going to get more specific in terms of syncretism. Again, it is our hope as Sign Reasoning Ministries that all believers 
are liberated or become liberated so they can worship God freely and not offer up any sacrifices that God has already rejected. So let's move on with today's episode on syncretism part two. And there's a passage in Joshua that many of us are familiar with. And I wanted to begin this episode with this pass, with this passage. And we find it in Joshua chapter 24 verses 14 through 15. And Joshua says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And really that's the anthem that all Christians need to embrace. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, which means there's nothing that we should allow to come between us and God. Certainly Satan doesn't want you to have an intimate relationship with Christ. So he'll use various things to hold you in bondage so you don't, so that you stop growing and you don't get any closer to Christ than you desire to be, uh, uh, to be. So we have to be careful. As I said in the last episode, all of us have blind spots and we need to deal with those blind spots. And since we have blind spots, the really the only one that can reveal our blind spots to us are God, is God, rather. And oftentimes, those that love us see the blind spots. So if those are, that care about us, those that love us, see bl- our blind spots, then you know God knows us inside and out. So he knows all of the blind spots, even the ones that human beings cannot see. God not only sees the outside based on performance and based on what we uh, do, but God also sees the inside, the things that most a lot of people don't see because it's in our heart. God sees it. So he's reading us not just from the outside, but also from the inside. And he wants us to be liberated. He wants us to be free so we can worship him. He wants us to be free so we can build wholesome relationships. He wants us to be free so we can live the life that's more abundant. He wants us to be free. But unfortunately, uh, in Christ, many of us have a tendency to want to hold on to the things that we should have let go years ago. Second Kings 23 and 24. It talks about King Josiah, who is one of the uh, popular kings of Israel, uh, based on what he did for God and based on his belief in God. Josiah, uh, who happened to be the 16th king of Israel, he lived around uh, 7th century B.C. He was known for his religious reformation, uh, which was called the Deuteronomic Reform. Now, he instituted policies 
that pointed Israel back to God. Isn't that a great testimony? What would it be like if we can think about uh, when we pass and people uh, would talk about our legacies and what we left behind? I'm hoping that our legacies is not just about leaving uh, houses and cars and bonds and uh, life plans and uh, uh, leaving all the material things behind. But what about your spiritual legacy? What will people say about your Christian integrity? What will they say about your discipleship? What are people going to say about your evangelism? What are they going to say about your uh, spiritual and Christian pedigree? Here we are all these years later, and we're still talking about what Josiah did in the 7th century B.C. He was known for his religious reformation, which was called, again, the Deuteronomic Reform. Josiah got rid of the mediums and spiritists, the household gods, the idols, and all the other detestable things that were seen in Judah as well as Jerusalem. He did this to fulfill the requirements of the law written in the book that Hilkiah, the priest, had discovered in the temple of the Lord. Verse 25. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did, not just with part of his heart, but with all of his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. That's Second Kings chapter 23, verses 24 through 25. So look at what Josiah did. Number one, Josiah was upset about the spiritual state of Israel, but he knew God. And that motivated him to, number one, destroy the idol temples as king. Number two, he denounced paganism. Number three, he instituted policies to eradicate the fertility cults. Number four, he made Jerusalem the core place of worship. Because God knows uh, that these type of practices keeps people away from him. That's why God abhors syncretism. Because syncretism uh, doesn't allow us to become intimate with God. God can't tolerate sin. And it's sinful for us, again, to misappropriate God's worship. Meaning that while these individuals are looking for their purpose, let's say, in horoscopes, uh, looking for their purpose in these idol gods, looking for their relevance, looking for their identity. God doesn't want us going to these gods made with hands, these gods who, who really can't help us. God doesn't want us finding our purpose or seeking our purpose in our culture first or seeking our purpose in our education first. Now, there's nothing wrong with education, nothing wrong with embracing your culture from a healthy perspective. But when we want to find our purpose, we have to go to the one who created us. He has the manual in our lives and he wants us to seek him first. But to 
say that you follow Christ, but yet hold on to deifying idols made with hands. Holding on to cultural normatives that God has already rebuked. That is syncretism. And I'm hoping that this episode leads you to find out your shortcomings and confess that to the Lord so he can help you become more liberated. Syncretic behavior attempts to say that it's okay to pray unto venerated objects or false gods. But look at 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6. Paul says, for there's one God and there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time, 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 6. Again, there are certain religions that preach that uh, you have to pray to this person or pray to this idol in order for God to hear you. And, and Paul is saying, no, that's not true. That's not necessary. You do not need to go through another man or woman to hear from God. If you want to hear from God, you can get to God. You can pray to God by accepting Jesus Christ, and he's the only mediator that we need. That's the message that Paul was trying to get across to the early church. Number two, syncretic behavior attempts to seek mediums and consult the dead. No Christian ought to be consulting mediums. We already have a mediator in Jesus Christ. He already has told us about the afterlife, about the soul, about where we will find ourselves once we die. Once we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. There's fear in the spirit realm that many of us are troubled with. Well, Jesus Christ has conquered all of that. And he wants us to come to him and not to go to these other mediums to try to find the truth. And if we read Leviticus 19.31... It says, do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. So in essence, if you go to a spiritist trying to speak to uh, a loved one who has passed on, trying to find what's going to happen in the future, or trying to influence someone through uh, different uh, worship or different offerings, if you do that, you that the scripture is telling us in Leviticus that ultimately you will become defiled. You become contaminated. Uh, and as we look at uh, verse 20, uh, Leviticus 19, 31, it says, do not turn to these mediums or speak out spiritists. So that's a warning. Don't don't go to them. Then in Galatians 5, 20 and 21 Paul writes, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The first thing Paul starts off with is idolatry and witchcraft. 
And he's cataloged all of these offenses into one group. If we find an individual who professed to be a Christian engaging in this behavior, Paul is saying uh, that God knows who you are. And if your passions is not first set on Jesus, then perhaps you have developed a relationship with Christ based on your terms and not based on his terms. So you may not be a sheep. You may just be uh, 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 someone who is practicing syncretism and you find the Christian religion convenient because God doesn't know the heart of every man and woman. So Paul says, stay away from idolatry and witchcraft. Then the next type of syncretism find individuals who profess to be Christians, but yet they're still finding the identity in astrology and, and horoscopes. Leviticus 19.31 again, do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you. And this is Colossians 2.16. Paul again addresses the subject. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or Sabbath day. So Paul is saying, uh, speaking to the Jewish Christians, letting them know that uh, you don't have to keep putting on the yoke of the law as interpreted by the culture. This is a syncretic uh, behavior, whereas uh, you have some Jews in the first century that claimed to have accepted Christ, but yet they were going around telling people that Christ, yes, uh, Christ is Savior, but in order to be really saved, you had to eat this certain type of food. In order to be really saved, you had to uh, become circumcised. So they were adding uh, these cultural normatives to the criteria for salvation. And Paul is saying, if you're saved, if you accept the Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't let anybody judge you or cause you to feel bad because you're not eating the food that they want to eat. But Paul also uh, uh, balances this out by saying, if you're strong enough as a Christian and uh, you eating uh, this food is going it's going to cause someone to stumble then uh, don't eat the food so it's balanced but the principle here is there's certain conduct certain behavior that can't cross cross over to christendom avoid syncretism at all costs then uh, the believer ought not to follow new age principles and some of the new age teachings include the assertion that God is impersonal, uh, meaning that God is aloof. God, um, deism, uh, it, it teaches that, that, uh, some people believe that we are created by God, but God has left us to run our own lives, that God has left us to run the show. And that's incorrect. Uh, that's total falsehood. No, we don't serve an impersonal God. Uh, the God of Islam, Allah, is an impersonal God. Uh, he's not a God that desires uh, a, a close, intimate relationship. So the God that they have painted is 
uh, uh, an impersonal God, but that's not Christianity. Our God loved us so much that he sent his only monogenous son, Jesus the Christ, to come uh, and add, add on humanity that he may save us. God loves us, and through Jesus, he wants a closer relationship uh, to uh, his, his people. And then uh, his reach is for everybody. The invitation is for everyone. Whosoever will, let them accept Jesus the Christ. So stay away from New Age thought as Christians. Uh, the new paganism or neo-paganism, as some people call it, uh, this new arguments for why God doesn't exist, stay away from that. God is, is definitely a personal God, not imper- impersonal as the New Age teaches. The New Age teach that man is, is divine in some circles. Well, man is not divine. Uh, man is less than divine. Uh, man ontologically is, uh, 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 is created by God in the unique, with the unique essence. So we're, we can't get it mistaken. Only God is divine. Christ is divine. But we are not divine. And then some argue from a new age perspective that uh, miracles are not real, but they're merely uh, proper thoughts, meaning that it's all in the mind. Whenever uh, people say that they saw or experienced a miracle, uh, that it was all in their mind, a, a form of delusion. Then uh, Christians should stay away from practices such as animism. Uh, animism is the belief that nature is animated and has personhood. And sometimes you'll find certain tribes that have a cultic priests, uh, shamans, and uh, just like in Asia and and various part of Latin America as well as Africa. So animism uh, provides the context or the recipe for these shamans to perform incantations, spells in order to ward off evil or bad spirits, uh, just like in ancient Greek. And in order to appease these gods made with hands, uh, they offer things like animals and children and, and created amulets. So we have to stay away from these type of behaviors. Uh, once we become Christians, we have to decide what are the things that God has already uh, condemned and we have to decide that we have to uh, that we're ready to give these things up. In Judges sixteen twenty three, it says, uh, "Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands.' Judges sixteen twenty three, and it's just another proof that in the Bible, uh, different society worship different. Uh, God's made with hands, but we have a God. We have the real authentic God, and there's no need for us to bring along any other God uh, that's made with hands. So uh, we'll continue this episode or this series on syncretism on our next episode, and uh, we pray that you continue to stand firm. Don't be deceived by the devil. We want all of you to be liberated. And continue to do for the truth what so many do for a lie. And we pray that uh, you consider giving to Sound Reason Ministries. You can visit us online, srministries.org. And you can give there or you can uh, also uh, send your gift in the mail. 
We love you all. May the Lord continue to bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Now in his shows, he would say, that Pat Boone, he's so religious. I shook hands with that boy the other day. My whole right side sobered up. <laughs> and and I would repeat that in my act, and I said, you know, it did. And then I'd go ahead and sing my song. Pat Boone shares some of his incredible life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.